Hey, can we have our melon back? Junior's hungry and, uh... No way! This is our private stockpile for the Ice Age! Subarctic temperatures will force us underground for a billion billion years! So you got three melons? Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hey! Oh, man. <sighs> Non-stop. Yeah. It, it sure certainly feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> every week we do this or I don't something. know how we do it every week, but here we are, folks. Yet again. We're three old squirrels learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. And I'm Adam. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of nut, guys? I'm a, I'm oh, my goodness. I like cashews. I was going to say that, Cashews too. are great. Almonds are healthy, so I enjoy mm-hmm. almonds. Mm-hmm. You like pistachios. I do. I love, I pistachios. love pistachios. I like macadamia ones Me when too. they're in cookies. Uh, yes. Yeah. I've never really had a Brazil nut because every time I try to crack one, <laughs> I, just des- just... I just destroy the whole nut. <laughs> All right. You opened. I did. You yeah, opened that you can of nuts. I opened the door for that. <laughs> the can of nuts. Oh, Every year during Animation April, we like to highlight the work of a different animation studio. Yay! Yeah. Last year, we talked about the short-lived Amblimation, Steven Spielberg's defunct animation studio that predated DreamWorks. Yes, listen to that episode if you're interested. Yeah. This year, we're covering another defunct studio that was responsible for several animation classics over the course of 20 years. Yeah, even though they were around for about 35-ish mm-hmm. years, it was about tw- a span of 20 years where they were making full-length animation. Mm-hmm. If you aren't an animation or movie nerd, you might not recognize the name Blue Sky Studios right away. But animation superfan or not, you will likely remember their first major motion picture. Ice Age. Right? Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, Everyone's at least heard of pretty Ice Age. Big. Right? I mean, you might not have seen yeah. it, but it is like somewhere on your radar. <laughs> but even before Manny the Mammoth and Sid the Sloth took the world by storm, Blue Sky had been producing quality computer animation since its founding in 1987, just one year after Pixar. Today, we will tell you the tale of Blue Sky, an underrated studio that told quirky stories about odd and memorable characters, while being bold enough to experiment with different animation styles until its swift and untimely end. Yeah. We'll talk about that for Mm -hmm. sure. So gather up your acorns, your peanuts, or whatever your favorite snack might be. It's time to learn about Blue Sky Studios. Learn! So our conversation wasn't completely irrelevant. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're all, we're all a little nutty yeah. around here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Blue Sky. We're going to start at the very beginning. Yeah, It's a very good place to start. <laughs> I haven't made that joke in a long time. One of these days we'll start at the end and it'll be, it'll be great Yeah, time. one of these yeah. days we're going to work backwards and you're going to be really confused. <laughs> Blue Sky's story begins with the earliest experiments in CGI. In the mid-1960s, Dr. Philip Middleman founded Mathematics Applications Group, Incorporated, or MAGI for short. The company actually employed physicists for the purpose of studying radiation for the U.S. government. Mm, I know. This is where this is beginning. I <laughs> uh, know, you hear that and you're like, um... How does this connect? Wait a minute. <clears throat> you're going to have to stay with us here for a second. <laughs> 
The company developed software that was meant to trace radiation from its source to its surroundings. It wasn't long before they used the software, called Synthavision, to trace light instead. Synthavision was one of the first systems that used ray tracing to create and animate images with a computer. By 1972, Magi had a graphics division, which is credited for creating the first CGI commercial for IBM. In the late 1970s, Chris Wedge joined the team at Magi as they landed a major project with Disney to use computer animation for sequences in the film Tron. Magi also performed a CG animation test for Disney based on the Maurice Sendak book, Where the Wild Things Are. It combined 2D character animation with 3D scenes. The test was actually supervised by animator John Lasseter. And we're going to link to this test so you actually can watch it for yourself. Very, nice. very cool. Yeah, so we have 2D characters on a 3D scene, on a 3D atmosphere, really. And it is, it is really interesting to look at. And it's pretty cool. I wish they would make more stuff that looks like that. Yeah. In the mid-1980s, Magi was sold, and its personnel scattered to the winds. While attending the Ohio State University, (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) the only university, I'm just kidding. While attending the Ohio State University, Chris Wedge produced a student film called Tuber's Two-Step, which we will link to also on the blog. The short represents a turning point in animation and was a preview of the work he would do in the next few years. This was cool because, you know, a lot of CG up to this point was very rigid and geometric. Mm-hmm. And this was still pretty geometric. Yeah. But there were shapes in it that were a lot messier, mm-hmm. asymmetrical. You know, you had more textures that looked more liquidy, more, mm-hmm. you know. They stretch. Yeah. And yes. Moved more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of incorporated other aspects of classical animation, like stretching and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Two years later, in 1987, Chris Wedge, Carl Ludwig, Eugene Trubutskoy, Allison Brown, Michael Ferraro, and David Brown got together and formed their own computer animation company, Blue Sky Studios. Woo! All right. And we're there. Three <laughs> cheers for the red, white, and blue sky. Public domain. All right. Each member of the team brought something unique to the table. And for the next few years, the company produced commercials and provided special effects for major motion pictures. As the company's creative director, Chris Wedge was partly responsible for the aesthetic of Blue Sky's work. The other two people that shaped the unique style of animation at Blue Sky was Eugene Trubetskoy, a theoretical physicist, and Carl Ludwig, a former NASA engineer. Together, these men created the software and renderer employed by Blue Sky Studios. Man, that is hey. tough stuff. Only three people. Yeah. yeah. And we there was a pretty there's a bigger team, you got people who were in charge of marketing and people right, who of course. you know, all of that stuff. But you know, you have these two guys. Mm-hmm. You know, having a theoretical physicist yeah. <laughs> create an animation style, that's like, pretty crazy. That's Damn. wild, yeah. Yeah, that's a very scientific <laughs> approach yeah. to animation, which is, you know, an art form, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just kind of like, what an interesting way to do it. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do any movies about, like, space. Oh, Real yeah. science movies. Trebetskoy used his knowledge of physics to become an innovator in animation. He and Carl Ludwig 
developed algorithms and wrote over 50,000 lines of code to mimic the way objects appear in several different lighting conditions. 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why you have the scientists on their payroll. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're good with the codes. <laughs> code is hard and they're good at code yes. for sure. Yes. In a 1997 article for Animation World magazine, writer Susan Omer explains that Blue Sky started each graphics project by shooting a reference object, like a small white sphere, in a similar lighting condition to the one that will appear in the film. Then the research team would combine the information about light conditions with the texture and properties of the object's surface. This showed the animators how the surface would look in specific light. Then, the team's software would use ray tracing, which was the process of modeling the surface texture onto an animated object. Man, oh man. Yeah. So, trying to explain this in the most understandable way, <laughs> I had to read that <laughs> sentence quite a few times. I'd read the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they explain all this. So, you have the white ball, and you're like, okay, so we're, we're going to animate an object in a dark, shadowy room. So we're going to move the white ball into that same similar lighting condition. We're going to scan it, basically, in that condition. And then we're going to combine that with the texture of the, of the ball. And yeah. then we're going to put that texture onto the object in the movie. Mm -hmm. So that way the object looks like it's also in a dark, shadowy room. That's nice. the best way go. I can think to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> they say if you don't can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it. So if you didn't get that, you you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Dolkalax was Blue Sky's first big client, using their CGI techniques in commercials for laxatives. No, it's not as gross as it sounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was just little animations of the pill. Yes. Over the next several years, the company produced hundreds of commercials for brands like M&M's, Texaco, and Chrysler. Yeah. You don't think about it, but if you watch commercials, so many of them require this kind of stuff, even yeah. for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things you see in commercials, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> everything that you <laughs> see in a commercial is not real. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. They even created some of Nickelodeon's most famous ad bumpers featuring CG orange blobs that took various shapes. That made me so happy. Ooh, That's super yes. cool. Because I, I love Nickelodeon bumpers, and yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I knew exactly what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Judges for a computer animation contest once rejected an entry from Blue Sky. The ad was for Braun's electric razor. It was so photorealistic that judges believed they were watching a live-action razor with perfectly fluid movements, so Blue Sky was disqualified. <laughs> what? What the frick? Isn't that crazy? They were disqualified for being too good. Obviously, they would have... Won. Won. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. If they hadn't been disqualified. Oh, man. Yeah. As Pixar announced that they were retiring from commercials and focusing solely on feature films, they personally recommended Blue Sky to take over one of their commercials, proving that it was a studio that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the biggest name in computer animation. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's crazy because we all think of computer animation and the innovation in computer animation, mm -hmm. and the first thing we think about is Toy Story. Mm-hmm coming out in the mid-90s, and how that was the first full-length computer animated movie, and everybody thinks of Pixar. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why does everyone know about Pixar? But they, not everybody knows about Blue Sky. Yeah. And I would argue that 
<laughs> Everyone kind of knows about Blue Sky. They just don't know it by name. Mm-hmm. Really, Blue Sky could have been Pixar. Like, yeah. it, it could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just a, a few different reasons why it didn't. that didn't work the way it did. I think Pixar was just ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Just a, you know, mm-hmm. a sh- just a short time ahead of them. Yeah. And I think, honestly, the biggest thing was that Pixar decided to focus solely on movies. And Mm -hmm. if Blue Sky had done that early, then I think mm -hmm. they would have competed with them shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also just a lot of it has to do with the storytelling and the difference in storytelling Mm -hmm. between these two studios. By the mid-1990s, Blue Sky was providing special effects for films, most famously the feature-length version of the MTV short Joe's Apartment. The movie was based on a short following a bachelor in his 20s that lived in a dilapidated apartment with thousands of roaches. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. While the film used puppets and stop motion for a lot of the scenes, Blue Sky animated portions of what would have been too difficult to do with practical effects. Blue Sky continued to grow throughout the 1990s, moving closer to creating full-length animated films. The company liked giving animators the option to work on both short and full-length features because they could focus on something different when the same characters and stories became monotonous. That's super nice. Yeah. In 1997, 20th Century Fox's visual effects studio, VIFX, acquired Blue Sky. The blended company produced visual effects for films like Armageddon and Titanic. Yeah. And Armageddon, they're pretty freaking good. Yeah. Those special effects are pretty good. And you know, I mean, it's directed by Michael Bay. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, you know what's in mm-hmm. Armageddon. Right. Explosions. Explosions. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them. In November of 1998, Blue Sky earned an Oscar nomination for Bunny, an animated short about a widowed bunny dealing with an annoying moth. This was the first Oscar nomination for the studio, and it added to its status as a new and interesting voice in animation. Have you seen this I have short? I well, you know, I might have. You might have. Yeah. I think if we show it to you, you'll go, oh okay. yeah, that's right. Marcy showed it to me, and it 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 woke something so deep. In my hippocampus, somewhere yeah. <laughs> deep, like, deep dark. Oh, I've seen. Yes, it. <laughs> it went. It went down into that. You know that memory pit from yeah. Inside Out. It's <laughs> yes. like you dug out one of those memories that was fading away. Up. Oh, yeah. Yep. There Holy we go. Holy mackerel! It just yeah. happened to Adam. I we just, just saw. Googled a picture. Yes. Holy. It it awoke <laughs> that, and and I remembered. Oh, I think it was on the Ice Age DVD. Yeah, yeah. And I think I probably watched all the special features. Mm-hmm. As you do. I mean, I probably yeah, did. Probably. So, and yeah. <laughs> In 1999, VIFX was sold to Rhythm and Hughes Studios, allowing Blue Sky, now owned by 20th Century Fox, to focus solely on producing animation. In three years, they would release their first full-length computer animated movie, Ice Age. Ice Age! Woo, Ice Age. <sighs> Here we go. Yes. I'm excited to talk about Ice Age because I saw this movie with my mom and my sister, and it came out when I was 10. Oh, it was a great yes. movie experience, mm-hmm. and my sister Rita will tell you I loved this movie because she would take me to Blockbuster, and the rule at Blog there was one rule <laughs> at Blockbuster, and the rule at Blockbuster was 
we have to get a movie we haven't seen uh, because you're paying to rent the movie. Yeah, this isn't right. the library. This nope. is Blockbuster. Every time, every time. <laughs> Rita, can we can we get Ice Age, please? <laughs> can we get Ice Age, Rita? And have you seen Ice Age? <laughs> no, we can't get Ice Age. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's talk about Ice Age then. Yes, this- <laughs> and the the five movies that yes. came after. This is the part where the episode becomes just talking about the movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Ice Age had many movies after it, and they're all we'll name them off real quick here. So Ice Age, Ice Age Two, The Meltdown, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ooh. Ice Age, Continental Drift. An Ice Age collision course. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I hear you saying, what about Ice Age, uh, The Adventures of Buck Wild? That ain't Blue Sky, homie. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's just Disney Plus. Get out of mm-hmm. here. Doesn't count. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't seen this gem of a movie yet. Mm. Yes. The first uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, yeah, a synopsis of the first one. This series of movies begins with a woolly mammoth named Manfred and a sloth named Sid and a saber-toothed tiger named Diego. The unlikely pair must try to return a human baby to his family while the glaciers begin to melt. Ah, yes. the unlikely pair being Manny and Sid, yes. right? And Diego is <laughs> just kind of... kind of like a third wheel. Just like a random of? third wheel. They're <laughs> yeah. like, gee, why is this saber-toothed tiger helping us out? Oh, maybe it's because he wants to eat the baby. He wants the child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember one thing was my dad laughing hysterically at the historical inaccuracies of this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we just accepted it. We, we did. were along we did. for the ride. Yes. <laughs> So Ice Age was originally pitched to 20th Century Fox in 1997 by producer Lori Forte and was envisioned to be a traditionally animated movie. It was also intended to be developed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman's Fox Animation Studios. Ooh, that would be a different movie if that had been the course. Amazing. <laughs> that would have been really interesting. Yeah. Imagine all the beautiful blue ice that we missed out on. I mean, oh. I'm glad I'm glad Blue Sky did it, but I'm just yes, saying, but... like, imagine what that would have looked like. Yeah. Dude, thinking about Amblimation that we mentioned last mm-hmm. year. Oh, Balto. Balto. I think it would have looked yeah. a lot like Balto. Oh, yeah, probably. With Don Bluth filing for bankruptcy around the same time, Blue Sky Studios, a small visual effects studio, was bought out by Fox and reshaped into a full-fledged CG animation film studio. Fox animation head Chris Melodandry and executive producer Steve Bannerman approached Forte with the proposition of developing the film as a computer-animated movie, which Forte realized was basically a no-brainer, according to her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it sounds about right. It, yeah. it was a very popular movie. Did really well. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And this CGI style was starting to take off. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, jump on it while it's fresh. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Story began development in 1999, and official production on the film began in 2000, just one week after the closure of Fox Animation Studios. 150 employees were hired to work on the film with a budget of $58 million. Fox Animation head Chris Melodondry, who helped Blue Sky get their start, would go on to found Illumination, which made Despicable Me, which is another multi-billion dollar franchise. 
Yes. So basically, he was at Blue Sky, and then he created Ice Age. I mean, he didn't personally create Mm -hmm. it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, And then Ice Age started this major franchise for Blue Sky, obviously, went on for several more movies. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, bye. And then he went, (laughs) and he was like, I'm going to do that again. And so he... (laughs) Despicable Me, this is also going to be a major franchise. And he was absolutely I correct. Mean, yeah. Yeah. He, got it he, right. knew, he knew what he was doing. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Some of the major cast members within this movie include Ray Romano, John Legazamo, Chris Wedge as Scrat, the little Oh, nice. Hey. That's Squirrel. cute. Uh, Jane Krakowski, Dennis Leary, Alan Tudyk, and many more. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, Don Bluth. In the nineteen late nineteen seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. breaking off from Disney and deciding we need big names right, right. in our movies to help promote them. <sighs> yeah. And Blue Sky followed suit. Yeah. They were <laughs> like, that's the way to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Blue Sky, you know, they really banked on big names in their movies to draw in crowds or to have the big names go on talk shows and talk about the movie yeah. and I mean it worked it definitely yeah. and I mean studios obviously still do it Illumination will never make a movie yeah. unless it has at least three or four gigantic yeah. mm-hmm. names in it absolutely mm-hmm. Ice Age made 383.2 million dollars at the box office worldwide oh man and was a huge movie as we talked about in our childhood and all the sequels made even more as well that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a franchise that was continually growing. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, they nailed it first time and then the sequels are just kind of rehashes mm-hmm. and there's Yeah. No, yeah. Ice Age was mm-hmm. still on the up. Yeah. I think there was one that made like six hundred and eighty yeah. some million yeah. dollars. I don't know about Collision Course, the last one, how well that one did because you know, it they hadn't made another Ice Age for a minute mm-hmm. and then it kind of appeared. Mm-hmm. But it was still doing incredibly well for them. Yeah. And they were able to fund all these other movies that we're going to talk about thanks to Ice Age. Yeah. I love the original Ice Age to death. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah. have, I have the box set of five mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I like all of them. Particularly fond of the third movie, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Of course. Of course. Of course, yeah. But the first one is so memorable. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah. But yet really heartfelt. And mm-hmm. I think they really did some super unique things with the first movie. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. having Scrat, this character that's not involved in the story that you kind of follow randomly throughout, you know. It's a weird B plot. Yeah, and just kind of there in the background. And I think that's something that a lot of people we we hadn't really seen that. I think that was a really smart decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't rely on like fart jokes or things like that. It's yeah. it's this really great physical comedy yeah. with the squirrel. Mm-hmm. And I remember just people losing their minds in the theater, oh, just yeah. laughing and laughing <laughs> about Scrat the Squirrel. Yeah. I think Sid the Sloth might be one of my mm. top, easily top five <laughs> yeah. best animated <laughs> characters. Yeah, I love John Leguizamo. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I mm-hmm. quote Sid the Sloth a lot. Because one of my, <laughs> yeah. like, right at the beginning when they first introduce him, he wakes up to his family already left without him because nobody <laughs> oh my likes gosh, him. Yes. <laughs> He's like, they left without me. They do this 
every year. <laughs> Why? Doesn't anyone love me? Isn't there anyone who cares about Sid the Sloth? And he like gestures to somebody walking by and they're like, <laughs> get away from me, please. Like, All right, fine. I'll go by myself. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. There were not a lot of movies that I watched multiple times as a kid. And yeah. this was one of them. This is going to make me want to watch it. So the next one here, another <laughs> super great one. Blue Sky killing it right out the gate. Absolutely. Robots. Yeah. And I'll give you a little synopsis of it right now. <laughs> Rodney Copperbottom, a young robot in a world populated by machines, wants to make a name for himself. He decides the best way to accomplish this is to travel to the famous Robot City. There he meets his idol, the head of a powerful corporation, Big Weld. When he arrives, he discovers that it has been taken over by a new president that leaves old robots in the dust. Along with some new friends, Rodney must rally Big Weld to take back his own company. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very funny movie. Yeah. And it, it has a lot of adult humor. Adults will understand it, but mm -hmm. kids, it will just go over their head. Mm -hmm. You're not it's even going to notice. And yeah. they're still going to enjoy the movie. <laughs> exactly. You know, a, a lot of these movies, a lot of animated movies like Pixar movies will incorporate adult jokes and things. Just a fun little thing for the grown-ups. Yeah, because they know they're watching. Yeah, it. in the room. And, and, and they do that. And this movie, I would say, they really do it for the grown-ups. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of, like, mm -hmm. you watch, I mean, just, I rewatched From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I would say the first five minutes of the movie, mm -hmm. the f first, like, sequence so it is joke after joke after joke. Like mm -hmm. it does not stop. And yeah. it is yeah. very funny. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really, and the animation in this looks really good. It reminds me a little bit of Monsters, Inc. Because mm -hmm. it's a fully realized different world mm -hmm. yeah. where they have their own different rules. And also the animation style reminded me a little bit of Beat the Robinsons too. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's that. Retro future. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a 1920s depiction of the future where everything's big round bubbles yeah. and, and little like everything moves through the sky. The buildings are completely wacky shapes, but all yeah. rounded yeah. edges kind of stuff. Doing robots was a wise choice mm -hmm. for a company doing computer animation early yes, on. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because yeah. it's geometric, smooth. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we have mastered at this point. Yes. And it looks really good. It looks amazing. Writers and animators Chris Wedge and William Joyce decided to develop an original story about a world of robots. In 2001, the duo pitched the concept to then 20th Century Fox. While not initially impressed, President Chris Melodondry agreed to greenlight the film and served as the executive producer. The film began production in 2002, shortly after Ice Age was released. Yeah! As Blue Sky's second full-length feature, Robots continued the tradition of hiring big-name actors to fill out the cast. Partly because Ewan McGregor was part of the project, Blue Sky secured the exclusive rights to the Star Wars Episode Three trailer. Star Wars fans came to see Robots just for the trailer. <laughs> Smart. It grossed $260 million at the box office, making well over its $75 million budget. So it did well. It did. And yet, it's somewhat forgotten, forgotten, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say this movie is fairly forgotten. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of Blue Sky's catalog of movies. Mm hmm Absolutely. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I love it to death, man. <laughs> oh, we'll get to it in a second. But I'll just mention, 
again, the major cast members. Chris Wedge, Ewan McGregor, Robin Williams, Hell of yeah. course. Oh, yeah. Mel Brooks, Jennifer Coolidge, Amanda Bynes, and many more. This movie, when you start watching it, you're going to see the names of the actors in mm-hmm. it, and the list goes on and on <laughs> and on. Honestly, you think it's, that the sequence, title sequence is done, and then it shifts to another, another scene. More names. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the movie has no breaks from the very beginning. It, mm-hmm. it hits the ground running because... One of the first big jokes of the movie was like a sex joke. I'm here! I'm here! I'm here! Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. You missed the delivery. But it's okay. Making the baby's the fun part. You see the delivery truck driving away. (laughs) But making the baby's the fun part. We all get that joke. But she holds up a box. They have to build it. It's a robot. That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. And then when they have the baby, 12 hours of labor, but it was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Hilarious. And one of my favorite things that I'm sure every parent in the audience absolutely loved. He's crying and they just turn the little volume knob down on on the side of his head. And again, I'll quote this movie nonstop. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before we recorded. But yeah. This, this is a good one. Yeah. For sure. So the next one on our list, we're going to just talk about briefly, not, not as much, yeah. was Horton Hears a Who from 2008. Mm. Now, up to this point, the first two movies were completely original, and, and a lot of Blue Skies movies, yeah. their catalog, were original stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was one of the first ones that was based on something else, actually, mm-hmm. based on other IP, which is really, I mean, something that's nice to say about the studio. Original stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. So based on the Dr. Seuss book of the same name, this film follows a friendly elephant named Horton that enjoys living life while teaching the animal children. But when he hears a voice coming from a tiny speck of dust, he discovers that it is actually inhabited by a race of creatures called the Who's. Promising the mayor of Whoville to keep the speck safe, Horton must watch out for the other animals of the jungle who are convinced that Horton is crazy and a threat to the safety of the children. Everyone knows this story, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the yeah. top Dr. Seuss mm-hmm. stories. It is, and it, it's the central story of Seussical the Musical, if you've ever seen uh-huh. or heard that. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this is the central story where, you know, Horton's the elephant hanging out. This is also why if you, you know, watching How the Grinch Stole Christmas, you know, the Whoville, Whoville wasn't a snowflake mm-hmm. in that one. You know, yeah. it's still the same Whoville on yeah. a speck of dust, but it's in a snowflake this time. Right. It's because it's winter. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. Christmas. Yeah, it exactly. exactly. Christmas time. Come on. Yeah. Major cast members included Jim Carrey, Will Arnett, Seth Rogen, Carol Burnett, Jonah Hill, Amy Poehler, Isla Fisher, and more. Yeah, oh, every time there's yeah. always more. <laughs> yes, it's because they just nonstop. They get mm-hmm. such great actors. Yeah. in all of these movies. Currently, the movie has a six point eight on IMDb and eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a seventy one percent on Metacritic. So, did okay, you know, yeah. decent. People enjoy yeah. it. You know, when this came out, I went to see it. Oh, I really, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I think I saw it. It was definitely not in theaters. It was like I got it out on mm-hmm. at the library and took a watch. And I remember it being very cute. And it is cute. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. it. It's good. It, I mean, we know the story and they added some embellishment, right? Mm-hmm. Just because they needed 
it to last a whole movie. Yep. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. yeah. I I, yeah. I liked all the characters. I really liked the interactions between Horton and the mayor mm-hmm. of Whoville, and and the way they would communicate was yeah. always different and funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. With yeah. His big ear just covering this tiny yeah. little yeah. like <laughs> flower poppy thing of a jig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's cute. Yeah. So the next movies we have on here, we kind of grouped them together, is Rio 1 and 2. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From 2011 and 14, respectively. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen this one, here's a little synopsis for you of at least the first movie. Blue is a blue macaw that was taken from Rio as a young bird. After dropping off the truck and being raised by Linda, he is taken to meet a female macaw because he is said to be the last male of his species. After meeting the female named Jewel, they are both stolen to be sold at a high price. On the way home to Linda, he discovers what it's like to be a bird in Rio. Yeah. I believe it's like Wisconsin or mm-hmm. like Minnesota. It is Minnesota. Is it Minnesota? Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't blame Blue <laughs> for being at Re- in Rio and being like, uh, mm. <laughs> this, is, this is nice. <laughs> it's warm here. Yeah. But yeah. his character is like the opposite. You know, mm-hmm. he's very like, I like to be at home. I don't fly even. Yep. Yes, correct. Very yeah. indoorsy. Yeah. He's an introvert if birds yes. could be that. Yeah. He's an introverted bird. Yeah. An introbird. Director Carlos Saldana developed his first story concept of Rio in 1995, in which a penguin is washed up on the beaches of Rio de Janeiro. Then Saldana learned of the production of the films Happy Feet from 2006 and Surf's Up from 2007. Mm. Yeah, that would would change your mind. Yeah. (laughs) And it did. So he changed the concept to involve macaws and their environments in Rio. He proposed his idea to Chris Wedge in 2006, and the project was set up at Blue Sky. Being a Brazilian from Rio, Saldana showed the animators maps and books with geographic landmarks and measurements in order to build a fully digital version of Rio. Later, a group of artists from the company visited Rio to see the various story locations. That is really cool to think about, building the city in its entirety digitally Mm. so that you could kind of work the entire place into your movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, these are birds. They're going to kind of go where they want. Mm -hmm. They, They move around quite a bit. You have the big famous landmarks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of accurate. So people who have been there or like the director is from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Really feels like yeah. the, it feels true, you know? Yeah. Some major cast members from this movie include Jesse Eisenberg, Anne Hathaway, Jamie Foxx, Leslie Mann, and more. So Rio was a pretty popular movie that was one of the few Blue Sky films that received a sequel. Yeah. yeah. I believe the only other one. Yeah. Besides Ice I. Yeah, I think that Rio, when people think of Blue Sky, they remember Ice Age and Rio. I think (laughs) those are the two that we remember. Yep. And yeah. Yeah, there was that whole, like, 
I don't know if I would describe it as a debacle, but that mm-hmm. whole thing that came out was like, oh, Pixar was mm. their next movie was oh, about to be no. exactly real. It was called Newt, I yeah, think. It was, yeah, it was. Oh, it was, yeah, that's right. The story was going to be almost exactly mm-hmm. like Rio, and they had to scrap it. They had to scrap mm-hmm. it, and it's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, blue sky, you bastards. <laughs> I love Rio. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I keep. I keep repeating myself all of these movies i really like i'm, mm-hmm. yes. I'm so sad about blue sky um, <laughs> but it's it's so good it's mm-hmm. it's a quirky movie yeah yeah it doesn't feel like any other movie right of this style you that's know? what's so funny about some blue sky movies it's like they're they're just different yeah mm-hmm. different things they say things you don't expect them to say you know, Jermaine Clement is in this movie too mm-hmm. and does yes. a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. He has a song in it, and immediately I was like, okay, so we've got, you know, Tomatoa <laughs> from yeah. Moana. Yeah. The guy from Flight yeah. of the Concord. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you know, and it's yeah. like here he was singing in Rio yeah. years before that, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, just a great performance from him. And so the, you know, being a Blue Sky movie and being a, a musical, a yeah. slight, you know, you've got mm-hmm. a few songs in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the songs being good. They were good yeah. songs. Yeah. They are good, <laughs> so, good songs and they have yeah. that that uh, South America flair to them, yeah. right? And it's that's a style that we don't see very often. Right. Yeah. And it was beautiful to look at. This movie mm-hmm. is one of the ones that holds up so well mm-hmm. because, like yeah. I said, they created Rio basically in its entirety and then just decorated it with the most beautiful, yeah, vibrant yeah. foliage and birds and characters. It's it's a awesome. fun fun movie to watch. Yeah. yeah, there's this really funny and cute scene where the monk these monkeys are <laughs> fighting all the birds. Yeah, yeah, uh, to, to like capture blue. And they have and like jewel. trash armor. And like... Yeah, trash armor. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable, and they like have a song going during mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so cute! I I know Blue Sky did that a couple times. It's just kind of some <laughs> random numbers, but they always do this great thing where there's other characters that you know support each other and hold each other up or protect each other. You know that happens in this movie happens in Ferdinand, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they kind of did it double whammy in this movie because the human characters kind of mirror mm, the yeah. bird characters, right? Yeah. yeah. They they don't ever take the movie in the way that I'm going to expect it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like with robots, for example. You yeah. know, watching robots, you see Big Weld, and you watch, you see him watch Big Weld as a kid, and he's super inspirational, mm-hmm. and yeah. you go, he's going to be a bad guy. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a yeah. bad, he's yeah. going to be the antagonist uh-huh. of this movie. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what you think, yeah. Right, that's, that's what you imagine. That's, that's just kind of like the pattern that you think things are going to go, and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that that, you know, they really managed to do that, subvert expectations. Mm-hmm. I also think it's just really cute that his name is Blue for Blue Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They were like, he's got, got And he's a, a blue macaw. And he's I mean, also so blue, cute. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The next one here we'll talk about a little bit is Epic. Yeah. From 2013. The synopsis goes like this. Teenage Mary Catherine comes to live with her father, who tells her tales of tiny people living in the woods. After repeatedly not believing him, suddenly finds herself within their magical realm where she must help to save their queen from the evil Mandrake and his minions, the Bogans. 
Yeah. First of all, guys, we don't know what's in those woods, okay? Yeah. Let's not let's yeah. not shut some things down, all right? <laughs> right. We don't really know what's out there. Have okay? you ever been in the woods? Yeah, like really, really? been yeah, in the like, woods, like really? really, like I mean, come on. I mean, how far, like how yeah. far away is civilization? Yeah, not that. I mean, yeah. You hear things. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. There, there's you some things out there. You, you don't know. You don't know. Some of the major cast members include Josh Hutcherson, Amanda Sinfried, Beyonce, Colin Farrell, Steven Tyler, and more. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't expect Steven Tyler to be in there. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> no. You don't, do like, you? Like, what? Yeah, you don't. Epic was also received well, making its budget back. It is reminiscent of movies such as Thumbelina and especially Fern Gully. The music was lovely because it was by. Danny Elfman. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I was watching this the other day. Danny Elfman's name came up. I was like, hey. It's like, okay. All right. I'm, I'm now more in than I was. Yeah. <laughs> Adding a bit of that fantasy flair to yeah, the movie. Yeah. Really interesting. This is, it's, it's another thing where, you know, it's its own realized world. And it is a lot like, it reminded me so much of Ferngoli. Mm-hmm. Not because Ferngoli, obviously, the message of Ferngoli was very, mm-hmm. very clear. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. knew exactly what they were getting what? at. Yeah. <laughs> but the character designs reminded me of it. Just the whole idea yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, having somebody who's from the regular world, you know, brought into the tiny world <laughs> going on. <laughs> you know, all of that really yeah. reminded me of yeah. Ferngoli. But yeah, I really like this one. It is very fantastical, magical mm-hmm. type movie. Mm-hmm. Very different from the other movies that they had done yeah. up to yeah. that point. This would be the one that if I looked at them all in a lineup and I didn't know that mm-hmm. they were Blue Sky movies, I'd be like, this one is like, yeah, this is somebody else. Right. You know, I look at studio. it and I think of like, maybe maybe the same studio that made The Crudes or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Something yeah, okay, that like, I yeah, that. yeah, I would have thought, but... Yeah, it, it is. It's cute. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like fantastical creatures living in the trees. So I'm oh, cool. Yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about, we've got quite a few things to say about this one, yeah. I believe. The Peanuts movie. This is oh. another one based on other IP. Yeah. Charlie Brown begins crushing on a little red-headed girl that moves into his neighborhood. His beagle pal, Snoopy, takes off on an imaginary adventure where he faces off against the Red Baron in World War I while simultaneously trying to woo a neighborhood poodle named Fifi. What What a plot. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's it. That's the whole movie. There you go. Yep. He likes the girl. It's, it's basically the comic strip mm-hmm. yeah. condensed into a movie. He likes the girl. Mm-hmm. We've got his dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a dog fight. <laughs> hey. Uh, yep. You know, we, we all know about that. We, yeah. He's just big into history. I yeah. Mean. <laughs> the flying ace. Yes. After Charles Schultz passed away, several people in studios approached the family for rights to create a Peanuts movie. The family was quite adamant in not tainting the legacy that Charles had built through the years. After a couple of years, Charles's son Craig was contacted by John Cohen. Cohen at the time was with Fox Animation and had worked with Blue Sky to create a short CG film of the beloved characters. Although a lot of the family did not like the look of the characters, Craig saw potential in the backgrounds that Blue Sky had animated. During this time, Craig had been working on a Peanuts TV movie. Once he showed it to his son and his fellow screenwriter, they all decided that it would be better suited for a theatrical release. 
Once the three of them had a screenplay that they were confident of, they took it immediately to Blue Sky instead of searching for a studio. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Craig saw this short little CG film type thing. It was probably pretty short. They didn't say how long. And he, they weren't really impressed with the actual characters, but he loved the trees, the bushes, the mm-hmm. background. He yeah. saw potential. And so when he thought of making it a feature film, he was like, I want them. Yeah. And we just need to work on the characters. Yeah, we should work on the characters <laughs> a little bit. We just need to, yeah, you know, tweak some things. Give me some creative I, I control. I want to see the original one they showed. I want yeah. to see how different the yeah. characters were. Yeah. But you know what? Props to them because I don't think anyone has done it better. No. Mm-hmm. no. I don't think anyone has captured the look of the peanuts in 3D. No. Uh, except for this. This is the best that can be done. And the, I think yeah. the studios that were doing it right, the the ones who were... Deviating from the Disney look that everyone else does, yeah, were Blue Sky and Sony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Since Cohen had left Fox Animation by the time the screenplay was done, Craig Schultz had to make a deal that would give him creative control of the project. He and the family would fight tooth and nail to keep things that were essential to keeping the aesthetic of the original. One detail Craig had to fight against was modernizing the story. He made sure that it was set in the original timeline with rotary phones and Lucy's nickel fee for therapy. When he speaks of fighting for the character voices, Craig said, We were told that you have to have celebrity voices. You have to have hip-hop music. You have to have this stuff to reach the new generation. We kept fighting back to say, If you have a good story with heart and emotion, people will love it. And I think that's been proven. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's the peanuts, for goodness' sake. Everyone has everyone has an expectation. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone watches yeah. the Charlie Brown Christmas. Everyone watches Charlie Brown Halloween. You know, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Everyone watches that. Yeah. Everyone knows what they're getting with mm-hmm. the peanuts. The, y- you still see peanuts comics. Yes. Everywhere, yeah. even yeah. in newspapers. I think. Yeah, they still, still print see it. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still print it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all have an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very different from Rio. From Rio, we have no idea what those characters sound like. Yeah. So if they sound like a famous person, it's like, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, it, right. you, don't, you don't think about it as much. Right. We've heard these Charlie Brown characters, you know, as youngins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you, you bring it now. And if you put a famous voice in that, I'm just going to see that famous person. Yeah. I'm not going to see Charlie Brown. I'm not going to exactly. see... You know, so it it's very different. At least find a famous kid. I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's got to be children, guys. They're kids. They're yeah. kids. Come on. Yeah. Major cast members include Kristen Chenoweth, Noah Schnapp, and many other young actors that are growing in their careers. Noah is in Stranger Things. Yeah. We love the Peanuts movie, and we could literally we could talk about this for a long time. We really could. <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Reporter noted that the film was a thoroughly engaging result coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the first airing of A Charlie Brown Christmas and should deservedly carry its good cheer well into the holiday season. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love this movie. I think, honestly, I 
I'm conflicted. Yeah. Because I do love Ice Age so much, and I think Robots is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think this I, it might be my favorite I one. I can't fault you for <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, it is so good. The story is good, The but it's the animation. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. when I saw the trailer for this, Mm-hmm. I was blown away <laughs> by the character design yeah. and those backgrounds are fantastic, mm-hmm. beautiful. They they were able to capture the same feeling and aesthetic from <laughs> a 1960s animated cartoon <laughs> and they did it in CG. Yeah. And no one had ever really done that before. <laughs> it's crazy because... When they first announced that they were going to do a CG Peanuts movie. Yeah. Yes. We were like, I remember. Uh, I remember we were like, okay. Please don't. We we didn't have faith. I mean. We all thought it was going (laughs) to look like Disney. We all thought they were going to over design Mm -hmm. everything. We were like, okay. And then I saw the trailer and oh my gosh, just what? This movie made me cry. Like I, I went to go see it with my sister, Becky. I took her to see it. All of the nostalgia, all of yeah. the stuff they included. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad they kept it to like the 1960s. Yeah, oh, for it sure. It doesn't really make sense yeah. outside of that. Yeah, like cell phones. And yes, stuff. Like, yeah. oh, that's no. kind of like no thanks. Um, having little callbacks to the original specials, mm-hmm. you know, and just like it was the very beginning of the movie. I just got so emotional just yeah. like watching the kids skate. Yep. together in the beginning and I was like oh my it's like it's like the original stuff but it's updated and they mm-hmm. did it so well yeah and just like I love the combo of like 2d 3d yeah, models it's a strange thing they did I, I love to talk to one of them on how they pulled it off yeah it, yeah you only ever see the characters either directly from the side yep or directly forward mm-hmm. and they pulled that off in cg somehow yep yeah because everyone else would have modeled the whole face and they just do yes. what they want with it yep. right but not them they were nope. like we're committed to this style yeah yeah and it worked it worked so well <laughs> we talked about the style of the first charlie brown special the charlie brown christmas yeah. when we did an episode on it and we talked about that style and how that animation the troubles that they faced trying yeah. to just take a, a comic where you only saw the front and the side of a character and putting it on TV. That yeah. was with 2D animation. And now they're doing it with 3D. Yeah. I mean, it was really good. Yeah. It it's an iconic style. Yeah. That they nailed. They mm. did and I wanted another one so badly. Oh like, my gosh. I yeah. really I love this movie. If you haven't seen it, it is actually on Disney Plus, so Woo. Yay. Please yeah. watch it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> So next up, we have Ferdinand from 2017. And if you haven't heard of this one before, uh, it, the, here's a little synopsis for yeah. you. Young bull Ferdinand runs away from a bullfighting training camp. He finds his way to a kind girl in her farm. He is raised by this kind soul with flowers and no violence. When he is grown, a misunderstanding leads him back to the camp where he is scheduled to go up against El Primero, who is the most famous bullfighter around. Oh, boy. I think my first introduction to the story of Ferdinand was a Disney short that from yes. a long time ago. Yeah, Do you guys remember? Yeah. Yes. Ferdinand doesn't want to fight. He wants to sit <laughs> in the field and smell the flowers. Yep, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Ferdinand was the first main animal character that did not have fur or feathers. The team had to create a material for his body, 
that would imitate short hair. It was a balancing act between making sure that he was not too shiny and waxy or too soft and plastic-like. It was the first time that it was necessary to use radiosity in every single shot. Using it in this way, they were able to create a more consistent lighting situation throughout the entire movie. They did an impeccable job. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that there are people out there who take this kind of who look at this and think that's important to get right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you really watching the movie you feel like you could reach out and touch him Mm -hmm. and he would be soft Mm kind of like a velvet yeah yeah Yeah, it's kind of like and in animating velvet i imagine (laughs) it's very difficult to do because even shooting velvet it's Mm -hmm. like you know yeah yeah. if you take a photo of velvet very likely black velvet i mean take a photo of black velvet very likely you're just gonna get a black yeah photo and not the texture it's hard Mm -hmm. to pick up the texture yeah Some major cast members include John Cena, Kate McKinnon, Jared Carmichael, and Bobby Cannavale. Hey! Anthony Anderson is also in this movie. Yes. Very much enjoy him. Mm -hmm. He plays Bones. (laughs) Bones! Yeah, Yeah. see, all the bulls in this movie all want to be strong and big. They want to get chosen by El Primero. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they're there uh, waiting, you know, you've got Bones, who (laughs) has managed to avoid the chopping house, the slaughterhouse, but also can't get picked because he's basically... Skin and bones. So, yeah. no. but I mean, he's being. A, I mean, they don't send him to the slaughterhouse. I think because he's not a lot of meat on him. So, classic bones. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Ferdinand was received favorably. It's an incredibly cute movie with a timeless message. Jane Horowitz gave it three point five stars and said, "The movie widens Ferdinand's world, allowing him to bring others along with him on his quest to be who he wants to be, and to let others do the same." That theme and the anti-bullfighting message, so subtle in the book, are made bolder in the film, but never preachy. I really liked Ferdinand a lot. My sister Rachel was really into this movie when it came out. I remember her wanting to see it. And it is very cute. Yes. Yeah, I, this is one I haven't seen, but I did watch the trailer and it seemed very cute. Yeah. There, there was a pretty good joke with the hedgehog characters where they were introducing themselves. They said, I'm Uno, I'm Dos, I'm Quattro. Oh, it's like, yes. what happened to Trace? And they go like, oh, we yeah. don't talk about Trace. Yeah, <laughs> they do the sign of the cross. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, David Diggs is in this movie. Yes, mm-hmm. that's He right. plays Dos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I really like David Diggs. Yes. Big fan. But yeah, I didn't feel like the movie was preachy at all, Mm-mm. and I really liked it. It was really f- sweet. Just this really nice connection between a girl and her animals. Yeah. You know? Seems like fun. Yeah. So and Ferdinand very much, you know, even when characters are bullies to him, even when, you know, mm-hmm. they're very much, I want to save everybody, I want to help everybody, you know, and that kind of, that kind of mentality, yeah. you know? It's like, you know, the bad guy gets taken off to the slaughterhouse, and it's like, let's go save him, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's go, you know. And I liked that. There yeah. really were no bad guys mm-hmm. in no. this movie. It yeah. wasn't, it was you know. just like life. Yeah. And that's, again, Blue Sky subverting expectations. Yeah. Right. And I also find it quite a bit funny that Ferdinand is played by John Cena, <laughs> and who doesn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was that's a, ver- right. a very clever very, casting choice very there. Clever, mm-hmm. Very funny. <laughs> 
And the last movie we have here to talk about is Spies in Disguise. There's probably a chunk of you who haven't seen this one. Yeah. So here's a synopsis. Lance Sterling is a sophisticated and suave spy that is inexplicably turned into a pigeon. Sterling and the world must rely on his graceless tech genius, Walter, to save the world. So some of the major cast members include Will Smith, Tom Holland, Reba McIntyre, and of course, many more. Many more, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Spies in Disguise was well-received, making its budget back, and then some. It also had great reviews on all platforms. IMDb gave it a 6.8 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 77%, and Common Sense Media gave it a 4 out of 5. It's important to note that this would be the last movie released under the Blue Sky banner. Yeah, and this, is, this came out in 2019. Yeah. So it was pretty recent. Yeah. And yeah, I remember all the posters for it. Mm-hmm. You know, we got, you got the big yeah. name actors mm-hmm. and then yeah, this is this is one that's not streaming anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but eventually hopefully it will be, you know. I'm sure yeah. it'll appear somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point in time. But yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think of this one? I I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. I actually went to see this one in the theater. With yeah. my wife, Arielle, because mm-hmm. she's big into birds, mm-hmm. so it was like perfect chance to go, go see it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was pretty funny. Um, there, there are some great moments because just the audacity of the whole thing, yeah. right? <laughs> Being turned into a pigeon. Yeah. Some of the jokes they did spoil in the trailers, but there were plenty more besides that. And the, the other pigeon characters were very funny as well. So it, yeah. it's it's a fun movie. I don't know if I'd describe it as like cute. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Peanuts is a very cute movie mm-hmm. because it's just so warm and fuzzy, adorable. nostalgic, adorable yeah. kind of thing. I don't know if I'd describe this movie like that, but it is very fun. Yeah. It's, it's wacky. Mm-hmm. It's got good jokes. The acting is very good. The animation, of course, top notch. Yeah, definitely. So. So that's the last of the finished Blue Sky productions that we will talk about. And we're going to talk about a couple more things before we go. Yeah. The first Ice Age movie and Ferdinand were both nominated for Best Animated Films at the Oscars. And Rio was nominated for Best Original Song for Real in Rio. But sadly, none of them won. The Peanuts movie and Ferdinand were also nominated for Golden Globes, but lost those as well. So now we're going to talk about something a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. In 2019, the Walt Disney Company acquired 20th Century Fox. The acquisition took a little while, I guess. Yes, it sure did. They announced it in 2017. Within this acquisition, they also got Blue Sky Studios. The original plans had been to keep the studio and have Pixar assist and watch over them. Unfortunately, things changed when the pandemic began. Disney closed the studio on April 10th, 2021. There were about 450 people that lost their jobs. Oh, yeah. God, I, man. I remember the moment when, Dave, when they announced Disney was going to buy Fox and they were starting the deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Adam said, what's going to happen to Blue Sky? I remember yeah. when you asked that question. Yeah. You were like, I'm worried about Blue Sky. Yeah. What's going to happen? Amongst the heartbreak of losing a unique and talented studio, we also acknowledge the possible forever loss of the last project that they had been working on. The newest film that was to come from Blue Sky was named Nimona. It was based on a webcomic by N.D. Stevenson. 
that had been made into a graphic novel in 2015. The story was inclusive, featuring queer lead characters. Sources had revealed to Collider and others that it was 75% done. Those that were leads in the project are currently still trying to find somewhere that will make it. Yeah, to have that little bit left. I honestly, this made me so sad. I just like looking through doing the research and then just even seeing mm-hmm. like they were they were almost done with a project. I was like, just uh, I didn't even know what the project was. And I was just so sad. Yeah. Like just, you know, when Disney acquired Fox, we lost a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I, I hope somebody makes it. I mean, if Disney has the IP and the manpower and 75% of it done, yeah. I'd think maybe they would, you know, go forward with it. Yeah. I, you know, I, they talk a lot about inclusion and wanting to have more LGBTQ characters in their stuff. Put your money where your mouth is, Then, huh? you know, you have this yeah. movie that's 75% done. Just you, finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, there there will be people who it, really identify with it. Just, just keep this ball rolling. <laughs> just make the last 25% of your, of your movie. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, they handed you a project that was almost done, and you get to slap your name on it. Yeah. Can you imagine? I just think about, and I get real sad, the day... They must have gotten the news, right? Yeah. All the people at the studio working on this movie where they just had to set their computers. They just close their computers. Yeah. And that's it. And they walk away from that. This is years of your life. Yeah. This is like, you don't just work on an animated movie mm-hmm. for a few months. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a long time. And everything I read about the studio talked about what a, a great community it was, how everybody knew each other. They would commute to work together yeah. or carpool from the parking lot pretty yeah. much. And just things like that where they got to know each other. They would go to lunch together. Yeah. And it's your whole life. And then suddenly it's gone. Yeah. I, I will just hope that Blue Sky despite it being gone, continues to have an influence on the world of animation. Because if you look back at their catalog, yeah, they challenged a lot of what could be done in animation. And mm-hmm. same thing with, like, like I've said, other studios have picked up some slack. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mm-hmm. always mentioned Into the Spider-Verse and Mitchell's versus the Machines, yeah. those kinds of things. Ch- changing and challenging the way CG animation can be done to... Mm-hmm create unique styles unique stories blue yeah. sky was one of them they, yeah. they weren't afraid to mix up their style they weren't afraid to tell stories that probably others no. wouldn't i mean they were yeah. about to do an openly lgbt think movie. about that disney mentions so, mentions the lgbtq com- community <laughs> in a movie and they're like <gasps> groundbreaking and it's like <laughs> I mean, what? And it's not the main character. Yeah, I mean, it'll be somebody in the background, yeah. and they'll be like, "Well, see, guys, we did it for you. We did it." <laughs> we, and it's just like you know, you had this opportunity to just just have those characters. You know that with how much money this company makes, yeah, gazillions of dollars annually, I'm sure, mm-hmm. because of all the things they own that are so popular, right? Don't. Tell me that just because of this pandemic, for two years, you didn't make quite as much. Yeah. So you yeah. closed down 
an amazing studio, 400 and some people losing their jobs. Don't tell me you didn't have the money to keep those doors open. And it's just so sad. Yeah. Because they did such an um, such amazing work and I know right. it was only going to get better. And having yeah. Pixar look over them or work together with them and all of that stuff, you know, it it's cool that they had somebody that wasn't Pixar, though. Like, it was yes. cool that they, they had different voices. You know, they could have kept Blue Sky around. Yeah. They could have worked together. Yeah. It would have been cool to see stuff together like that. It, think of the possibilities, you know? Seriously, take just some of it, some of the influence of this studio, and, yeah. and carry that with you. Because, like I said, they were they were really challenging what could be done. And right. that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because when you get complacent, you your style just becomes stale. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you get into trouble where, you know, you people are upset that they are not represented, right? And then you have all this backlash and you have to pander or what seems <laughs> like pandering to get out of it, right? Yeah. And it's a real shame because you could just do it Originally. organically <laughs> yeah if you're if you if you are actually doing what you say you are then yeah. you wouldn't need to point it out every time it would just be part of the norm and exactly. that's what that's that's the main that's the end goal right mm-hmm. yeah. is for it to be part of the norm yep if you're pointed out it's not being included it's being pointed out yeah <laughs> and said it's hey not, look at that it's not normal <laughs> right look at how different and weird it is <laughs> but whatever hey um, Blue Sky, I will miss you forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy to celebrate the legacy of Blue Sky. And and I'm, it's nice to talk about it in a really nice positive way. Blue Sky was so groundbreaking, interesting, fun. Yeah. They, they challenged things. They were cool. Yeah. And it is so sad that they're gone. Hopefully another studio will rise up. And, you know, continue to push the boundaries of animation like Sony, how Sony has been doing that. And honestly, kicking ass. Just yeah, really. They really have. But anyway, Blue Sky, yeah. uh, we will miss you forever. Yes. Thank you for all that you did for us. Yes. yes. Thank you. And we'll be rewatching your movies. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might blitz all of them. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. <laughs> to drop some cash for yeah. sure on some, on some <laughs> yes. Blue Sky movies. Computer-generated effects and animation is so common today that many of us don't even think twice about seeing photorealistic explosions in movies or perfectly rendered water in an animated film. Over the past 35 years, computer animation has evolved more than anyone could have imagined. It's now the most popular type of animation for full-length animated films, so much so that a film in any other style, like stop-motion or hand-drawn, stands out. Blue Sky played a prominent role in animation history. While most of us think about Pixar's groundbreaking achievements, Blue Sky was right there with them, creating CG objects that looked so real, even experts mistook them for live action. When Blue Sky moved on to make full-length films, they focused on quirky, original stories with a few adult jokes for the grown-ups in the audience. They dared to experiment with different styles, improving with each feature and creating a collection of unique pieces. Blue Sky may not have been the most popular animation studio, and maybe their stories lacked the emotional gut punch that Pixar became known for. 
but they used animation ways no one had ever seen to tell stories that otherwise would never have been told. They pushed limits, took risks, and were one of the most creative animation houses in the world before being swallowed up by the Disney machine. Blue Sky is more than the studio that created Ice Age. They gave the world some incredible art that will be remembered long after their studio has gone extinct. So that's another case closed. We nailed the clap, yes, guys. We We've did. nailed it. <laughs> Even though we were sad. BCD. We made it. We've got the clap. No. No. Talk about an adult joke there. Uh, <laughs> Which one even is the clap? I don't even know. I don't remember. I don't know either. <laughs> I just know it's one. That <laughs> <laughs> you don't want. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've mastered the clap. Yes. How's that? Mm, it's not that much better. It's a little. It's mildly better. <laughs> We've got the best clap there is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, Carlos, and Jaren. Yay! Thank you, guys. You're the best in the whole wide world. That's right. I love you even more than my cats. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) Sorry, I love nothing more than my cats. Not even my husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was waiting to hear. Yep, yep. So don't you guys ever change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. And we want to just thank all of you that support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Yes. You're the best. Yes. Or really. leaving Appreciate a review if you feel yes. like it. Yeah, if you feel like it. We had a really nice review recently from Chris uh, yeah. Lindez. They said, it only took one ep to get me hooked on this pod. I really enjoyed listening to the discussion on a League of Their Own. I knew a lot about the history going into it. But these guys still taught me some things. Solid chemistry and energy, too. Looking forward to going through their archive. Aww. Yay, thank you so uh, much. Thank you so much. I think I know who left this, so I yeah. really appreciate it. I really do. <laughs> Don't go back too far. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't go back to the very beginning. I mean, you I mean, can, and then see how even We're proved. endearing, though. It's we endearing are. at the beginning, That's you true. know? So anyway, goodbye, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Blue yeah. skies ahead. <laughs> Hello? Snow day? Snow day! No school today! Dreams do come true! Looking sharp today, Big Ben. Sorry I'm late. Ooh. What's taking him so long? Come on, Charlie Brown!